0: The Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. It's Panhandle Sports Live.
1: Crossover! Step back! Ah!
0: That's a Where the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia comes to get their sports. Live.
1: Is this the Tiger? It's a great night to be a Mountaineer
2: wherever you may be. Agent back to pass, rush down the pocket, throwing it downfield, it's into the end zone. Oh, he caught it!
0: Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone.
2: It is Wednesday the 26th, and you are tuned in into Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths. Since 1995, Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths have delivered distinguished remodeling services to our home community of Martinsburg. From new construction to remodeling, Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths can design your new kitchen or bath. Their talented designers can bring to life any concept you'd like to create. So check them out at com on Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Nice, Winner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Good morning,
3: fellas. Good morning. How are we doing? Legs are a little sore from the gym yesterday, but we're, oh, yeah. we're
2: thriving. So you both are trying to get all buffed up now, aren't you?
4: I'm just trying to
3: get back in shape. There
2: you
4: I'm go. A, I'm a few years removed away from the, the, the behemoth. What did you call yourself the other day? Adonis? The Adonis. The Adonis you called the... yourself
2: that? He, 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 <laughs> met it, he meant it in a joke. Oh, okay. No, I was no, going to no, say, no. man, <laughs> we, got, we might have to have a conversation <laughs> off the air, Parker. Good thing you're not hosting this thing. You but to get really let out let of Today
3: hands. we're going to talk about modesty.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when's, uh, When does the workout group? Form. I'm not a weightlifter, so I won't be joining. You but, can start light. I mean, I know how to lift weights. I just don't do it <laughs> anymore. I used to do it. I can show you some pictures back in the day where I was all swelled up.
3: I, I can definitely see you. You definitely could have been squatting like four hundred some pounds. Oh, yeah.
2: I got pretty not trying to You called yourself a and No, I'm not trying to flex or anything. But uh, I got some pretty good muscle structure underneath this flab. <laughs> underneath this <laughs> flab Take, it takes a while to get back to it, but it's still there. It's still there. But yeah, I'm well. I'm most. Uh, most impressed and happy to hear Luke that you went and worked out and now can actually like function normally dude afterwards. listen I, I
4: don't, we don't know what happened that first time I went to try to lift took a little too hard couldn't get my arms up above my shoulders. Uh, we, we 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 rallied yesterday. Kept it a little bit more modest, and uh, we're a good kind of sore today. Man,
2: I felt so bad for you, Parker. We were at the uh, Jefferson game last weekend, mm-hmm. and he went to hand me the extension cord, but couldn't get his <laughs> arm extended enough because it was oh, so my. sore. He just kind of tossed it at me. <laughs>
3: Cause it was, cause we went to a uh, the Spring Mills game. Luke and I did, and he was like, "Hey, can you grab this stuff up?" This my arms a little sore. I was like, The sure, worst, it's the, fine.
4: the worst one was, and I said this to Jordan was uh, stopping to get some of the goaded Chick fil A hash browns, <laughs> and reaching out the window to get my card back from the cashier. Oh um, my! The face I made, it was just kind of a ah my, and she, she's looking at me funny. I was like, oh, "Sorry, I just came from the gym." Just came for the gym. It's almost as
2: bad as when you drop your card at the drive through you ever done that. And then <laughs> yes. you gotta try and figure out how to open your door but not get out of line, but you never have enough space to open your door appropriately. Ugh, that's the worst. Well I'm glad you guys are Getting in shape, getting fit, and not as debilitatingly sore as you were, Luke, last time. But let's talk a little sports. Uh, we had some big-time soccer games last night that if you uh, wanted to keep up with any of the action, if you head over to at EP News Network on Twitter, you can see some of the recaps and uh, the play-by-play tweets that Luke was giving out. But it looked like you had two pretty exciting games.
4: Yeah, they certainly were. And I would encourage people, the the content I was able to get for the boys game, because the sun was still up and there's a little bit more to shoot, I, I would really encourage our, our listeners to go over, like you said, to at EP News Network. There's some highlights videos out there, like you said, the play-by-play and some cool pictures uh, with the trophy or the plaque celebration at the end of these games, but Uh, We'll start with that boys game. It was Washington against Spring Mills, and we'll hear from Coach Swazo here in just a second. But to be honest with you, Spring Mills were the heavy favorites. They win this game 1-0, as a lot of people would expect. I did not expect Washington. uh, They were the better team, frankly, the first 25 minutes of that match. They just couldn't put one in the back of the net. Spring Mills then gets that goal. They dominate the middle 20 minutes of the match or so. And then the last 20 minutes of that match was just the Cardinals defending off onslaught after onslaught mm-hmm. for the Patriots you know you see some of the chances again to go over to the Twitter page Washington had chances to come back into that game uh, but in the end it just wasn't enough for Spring Mills they now punch their ticket to the uh, state tournament they play after we hear from Coach Suazo. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you where they're going to be playing uh, down in Beckley on the fourth uh, but they're the region's two champs they're in the final four they go down to the state tournament and uh, got to catch up with the victorious head coach Ahmed Suazo after the match. Coach, how does that feel?
5: Oh, great, great. You know what, it was a good game, tough game. I mean, any game in this uh, region is easy. But this game today uh, means a lot to us because, I mean, we win the, the right to go to state. I mean, uh, they, I can not get more proud to these kids, you know, the, the hard work they put it in. And um, all I give the glory to God because without him, there's nothing we can do about it.
4: Certainly uh, this is a team that obviously got denied the chance to do this last season. Your first year with the program. Uh, it's got to be great for these kids, especially the ones in last year's team to get to the state tournament. It's a huge honor.
5: Oh, definitely. Definitely. You know, uh, I've been, as a co- have uh, been in the program for four years as assistant coach at uh, the first year. I'm a coach and I know these kids for four years. Uh, we got a good, good group of kids and uh, next year going to be the same because only one kid graduated. I mean, I mean, I, I can tell you that I can not be more proud with must this must bunch of play kids. Play the they do a great job, great effort, you, you know, and like you say, the glory to God. Uh, uh, coach, are you a little
4: bit shocked that there was only one goal scored in that game? I mean, it was pretty end-to-end, certainly chances on each side. Great goalkeeping, don't get me wrong. A little bit surprised that there was only one in the back of the net.
5: Well, this is As I can tell you, these games are different, and you know why? It's one game. Which you all every team put everything together because you know why if you lose you out. I mean I never I know there's not gonna be an easy game. Like last game we have with Ball too it was an easy game and and you know what but like you said you know they they put effort and they keep going and they hold on and um, we win.
4: Uh, coach, last question, obviously team effort, everybody contributed tonight, but uh, it's Briggs in the end that gets the goal, kind of creates that one himself, slots it away. Big moment for a sophomore there to get the game's only goal.
5: Oh, yeah, well, those kids, both of them, they are really great players. They are very good kids and more proud than good persons, you know what I mean? And, and that's what I like as a coach, i be proud, Be proud to the Briggs and the, every kid in my soccer team, they're really good kids, and you know what, I love them. <laughs>
4: So they're the three seed. They'll take on Hurricane. Um, that's going to be Friday, November 4th. The first game is Greenbrier East against Wheeling Park. That kicks off at 10 a.m. and then their game will start 30 minutes after that. So around 12.30 maybe 1 o'clock. Uh, the three seed I think is a little bit disrespectful with Greenbrier East and Hurricane above them. Uh, but that was Spring Mills in the boys' side of things. And then over on the girls' side of things there was another fantastic match as well. Uh, it was a 1-0 game between Hedgesville and Washington. Hedgesville gets the uh, the edge in that one early on in the second half bit of a poachers goal from Bailey Markley it was the only goal scored in the match Um, Just makes the most out of a a bumbled kind of back pass by the Spring Mills back line. Puts it into the back of the net. And it was a fortunate break for Hedgesville because I really didn't see either team coming up with a goal anytime soon in that match because that's how well both teams were defending. I was afraid, or not afraid, you know, going to extra time then going to PKs as well. Uh, But in the end, it's Hedgesville uh, that get to represent Region 2 and they're champions of that region. And I was able to catch up with their head coach, Allison Janney, after the match as well. Well, Coach, I have it down as this team not winning a playoff game since 2019 and you rattle off three in a row. How does that feel?
6: It's pretty good. Really good.
4: Uh, Well, take me through uh, what you saw with Bailey's goal there. A bit of a poacher's goal. Uh, maybe a mistake from the back line, but she's right there to jump on gotta, top of yep, it. Yeah, you
6: gotta take advantage of those. They don't come very often and especially with Washingtons, they're a good team, so she definitely took advantage of it.
4: Uh surely no surprise to you that both times you match up with Washington the regular season the game's only decided by a single Jordan, goal yep. and it is tonight as well. Yeah, so that's exactly. a quality team you be. Hundred
6: percent. They play they are just like us, it just depends on who's just gets a little bit luckier than the other one I guess
4: yeah <laughs> uh, well take me through what the next couple of days are gonna look like Beckley is a, a long way away what's uh, it <laughs> w- what's it gonna be like preparing for that
6: um, well, one we are we're giving them a day off tomorrow, so we got a little bit. But uh, obviously, we got to figure out who we play, mm-hmm. um, and that's going to make a difference. But I think the uh, most of these girls—only four of them have actually gone to states before—so all of the rest of them, it's a whole new uh, experience for them. So I'm hoping to take that energy and uh, carry it down there with us, <laughs> so that way, because when when our team is on and when they got the motivation at the beginning, they're they're a great team, so
4: just carry that down there with us from right here. And uh, for Hedgesville, they'll take on probably the the title favorite, Morgantown High. That'll be Friday, November 4th. That one's in the afternoon at 5 o'clock. Morgantown has just lost one match this year. Hedgesville's now 14-2-3. Uh, but as well as they've defended, you know, it's going to be a hard for the Eagles to score goals frankly, uh, but they should defend with the best. So uh, best of luck to both Panhandle teams. I, I really think Spring Mills is going to shock some people when they go down there with the pace of play that they have. And again, Hedgesville and the girls' side of things are one of the most defensively sound teams in the state. And if they lock into one or two chances like they did in that game against Washington, uh, they could certainly upset somebody as well.
2: So where are the soccer Like hubs in the state. I feel like out here is, if not already one, a growing one just because I feel like in this region there's a lot of good soccer and whatnot. But where else in the state? Is it more, is it kind of like football where you kind of go down south? Of course, the big areas, Morgantown, Charleston, things like that.
4: Well, you know, you look at the teams that are in the state tournament and it doesn't really surprise me. Like we said, Spring Mills, Hurricane, Greenbrier East, and Wheeling Park for the boys. Morgantown, Hedgesville, Park South, and GW. So for me... I mean, is that, is that normal? Or yeah, like the I normal think so. Mor- Morgantown always competes well, that kind of north-central mm-hmm. area. That's where the Morgantown teams come from. And then a lot of that western Charleston area, you know, the GW teams pushing forward on whatever interstate that is that connects it to Huntington, I can't remember. <laughs> uh, you'll, you'll see, you know, like a Huntington get involved, there, Cavill Midland, uh, like that. So Charleston and Morgantown, as far as AAA... Uh, because there's, there's only two classifications in soccer. I, I couldn't tell you as much as single and double-A. Admittedly, off the top of my head, I think it's the private schools that dominate single and double-A, although I know Fairmont Senior is very good. Uh, but, yeah, for the boys' and girls' side of things in triple-A, it's mostly north-central West Virginia because I know Morgantown and University have both won championships recently, and then that kind of western end of Charleston towards Huntington area as well.
2: Huh. Well, very interesting. It seems like this pa- these panhandle teams have a good little run going and uh, see if they can't continue it. Uh, All the way to the state championship. It seems like Spring Mills, my goodness, they're uh, running it in a couple of these sports. Of course, lacrosse, really good. Soccer, obviously, pretty good. Uh, I don't know much about the baseball, but I know basketball is also a pretty growing program. So keep an eye out for them. Eagles. I'm thinking about our Panhandle Game of the Week already. Keep an eye out for them. Cardinals. Uh, as it continues on. But speaking of our Panhandle Game of the Week, this week is going to be Hedgesville and Jefferson uh, at Hedgesville. A little bit later on, we'll be speaking with uh, Coach Faircloth a little bit to get his thoughts on uh, the matchup and the season at hand so far. But, uh, of course, I think I brought this up yesterday. Ronnie Brown, right? For the Rams. He's second in uh, yards per carry, and I believe second in all purpose yards in the country. And then that, of course, has got to be p- sparking some attention, among other things, because I saw over on Twitter uh, that, what, the Chiefs, the Steelers, and the Titans were all at practice yesterday. Now, of course, I'm sure the main focus was either Bajant or Fisher. But when you got a guy like Ronnie Brown that's as electrifying as he is, he has to be making some of these boards.
4: Yeah, but uh, potentially. Uh, I'd, I'd said a couple of times this year that you come for Tyson Bajant, but you stay for Joey Fisher, Dwayne Grant, the Marlin. Cook and Ronnie Brown you know he's somebody he's very undersized for the NFL level but like we said I think you made the comment that Ronnie Brown to me is the epitome of a perfect arena football player Mm -hmm. or somebody in the CFL as well I think you'd agree as well Parker he's somebody that could be playing in a pro sports league because as a special teamer as somebody probably if he were to get a chance at the pro ranks is probably going to move to the slot and probably not be able to take as many carries out of the backfield but he's as shifty and as explosive as any player you've seen across the country regardless of classification and could somebody else that could potentially get a a professional
3: look I agree with you there Ronnie he has that special ability kind of like Christian McCaffrey does well now with the 49ers was with the Panthers kind of moves all around the field put him in the slot put him in the backfield he can return kicks but you can move him all over the place and looking at those teams that came I mean all those teams could use a guy like a Ronnie Brown the Chiefs need a running back that's stable the Steelers they need a guy who can kind of change pace a little bit. And the Titans, of course, they have Derrick Henry, but you got a guy in Ronnie Brown. Well, if you wanted to move Ronnie to wide receiver in the pro level, Titans need wide receiver help too. So, Ronnie's a guy you can again you can move all over the field. Again, his prospects at the NFL not too sure on that one right now. But like you mentioned before, definitely somewhere like the CFL, the Arena League, somewhere like the upcoming XFL, the AAF. He'd be at a great exit. He should be getting paid to play football at some level. Did I you agree. guys
4: see by the way, just real quick? That the Italian Football League, uh, which I didn't know existed, they have their own football league. They're playing their championship game in Toledo, Ohio this year. <laughs> well, the, the birthplace of football, they call it the Italian Football League, and I think there's like eight teams in it. They're gonna play. I think it's just called the Italian Bowl or something like that. It's their championship. They're playing in Toledo, Ohio this surprised year. I didn't call it the Salad Bowl. <laughs> huh. But Ron, Ronnie Brown. Could be destined for the, uh, the what would it be the uh, IFL. I the think t- he's I think he's bigger than the yeah. IFL. Yeah,
2: <laughs> don't get me wrong. I think He's bigger than the Italian football league. Oh, I'm seeing this here. The IFL. So they got the Milano Rhino, the Milano Rhinos, the Milano Seamen, the Parma Panthers, the Lazio Ducks. I love that. The Verona Mastini.
4: I think the Ducks are one of the teams that are in the game. The
2: Bologna Warriors, <laughs> and Cona Dolphins. I'm sure I'm saying all these wrong. Medina. Vipers, and that's oh, and the uh, Florence Italian word I don't know G U E L F I. Wow, leafy.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I I, (laughs) I think the the Florence Italian words are my favorite. It's a thirteen-week season. It's
2: a real season. If you're a
4: member of the IFL and you need a broadcast crew to broadcast this game, I mean,
2: I got you set up right here. The Parma Panthers in 2021, they were ten and zero. They were the Italian champions. The runners-up were the Milano Seamen at seven and three uh the florence team that i can't pronounce four and five and the Lazio ducks this is last year of course uh four and five that duck's
4: well. mascot's pretty cool that is a pretty it, sick one That's a mean looking duck
2: the rhinos one i swear if you go on your if you play madden if you go on madden right now and you create a, t- a franchise and you're doing your logos and stuff, I think you can pick this exact <laughs> Rhino's logo. The rhinos. <laughs> but stick around, we do have to get to our first break. We'll be back to talk about our Panhandle game of the week and, uh, well, more on Panhandle Live, on Panhandle Sports Live, on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to
0: Panhandle Sports Live, part of the Panhandle News Network.
2: Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bath. You can check them out at MountaineerKitchensandBath.com, on Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. Jordan, nice Jordan alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Don't forget, you can always get in touch with us, especially during the show, by texting us at 304-263-4321. 304-263-4321. And I want to hear uh, the listener's opinion on our Panhandle Game of the Week this week, which is between Hedgesville and Jefferson. So give us a text, 304-263-4321. And Luke, what are the folks to to expect out of this matchup on Friday.
4: Uh, Both both teams need this win for playoff implications, Jordan. Uh, There's an article over on our website, uh, panhandlenewsnetwork.com, that just put out yesterday, or this morning, I should say, uh, which are playoff scenarios for every team remaining in playoff contention in the EPAC. Uh, for Jefferson, you know, this is an opportunity for them to get a more palatable matchup in the first round. They've all but glitched at this point, save like fifteen things happening all at once, which I don't think will. If they win this, could game, you imagine though? Oh
3: <laughs>
4: if they win this game, they could finish as high as eleventh. If they lose and then lose again, they could finish as low as fifteenth. And for Hedgesville, they don't technically need this win to get into the postseason, but if they lose this game, then they kind of lose control of their own destiny. If they beat Hampshire, I still would. say say about 90 times out of 100, I should just say nine times out of 10, they would get into the playoffs still, but you don't want to give yourself that chance. So the winner of this game, without a doubt, clinches the spot in the playoff. The loser of this game makes things a little bit more complicated on themselves, especially for Hedgesville, uh, because the playoff rankings came out yesterday. Hedgesville 17th right now, which is a bit alarming because they're not in the playoff spot. The the teams above them are playing each other this week and the week to come. Uh, Jefferson coming in at 13 this week. And then Musselman and Martinsburg, uh, the SSAC playoff gods have smiled upon once again (laughs) as the Bulldogs are fourth and Musselman is fifth. And again there are playoff scenarios for Muslim, It's the craziest one I don't want to give away the article again i encourage our listeners to go over to at EP News Network on Twitter, and find the link to the article or panhandlenewsnetwork.com to find the article. But I will say Musselman's got the most intriguing end of the season. Depending on how things shape up for the Appleman, they could finish as high as 3 and as low as 13. So you could get all of those playoff scenarios over on that website. But for our game this Friday, it comes down to huge playoff implications for both Jefferson and Edgesville.
2: You got, oh, they're going to say something, Parker. <laughs> no, you're good. You go ahead. You go ahead. Well, we got a text here 304 263 4321 is the text line, and the text are 304 uh, 671. Hedgesville alum here, but Hedgesville doesn't have a shot against Jefferson. Coach wow. Matt, Coach Matt is doing great things and building a quality program, just needs more time, says the texter. And I can agree with that. And I feel like you could say yeah. the same thing. Uh, with a couple of different schools around here. How'd oh, you get a broken mic over there, Luke?
4: It slipped off.
2: Uh-oh. <laughs> but uh, I think you can say that with a couple of teams like Spring Mills, Washington, of the like. Of course, Jefferson... Muscleman and Martinsburg are always, for the most part, going to be ready, and they're always going to be reloading. But a lot of these teams, it just they just need a little bit of time and a class or two to come through, and then they can kind of figure out what their uh, you know situation is.
4: Yeah, and I, like I said, I don't think a loss would knock Hedgesville out of the playoffs, and them making the playoffs just continues to show the growth that this program has. You know, they go from being winless and thirty kids coming out for the football program to uh, you know a playoff team in the third season under Matt Faircloth. But uh, to I, I guess contend with the texture a little bit. Like we said a couple of times, Hedgesville hasn't been healthy since week one. Right. If they get healthy, they've got some guys that can make some plays, and they can stay in this game. It's at, at a hockey term. It's at their barn. You know, if they get the athletes that they need to healthy, and we'll hear from Fo- Coach Faircloth here in just a couple of moments as to where his roster is at health-wise. Um, they've got some guy, you know, Jackson Ruest, he reminds me a lot of Blake Hart or uh, Peyton Hartman, excuse me, Blake mm-hmm. Hartman's at shepherd, uh, as somebody that's got a little bit of that dog in him that can make some plays. You know, they've got the Monte Martin uh, and, and Tanner Matthew on the outside and guys through the middle of the field that can make some plays for them as well. So if they're healthy, I, I expect them to give Jefferson a game than a better game than I think a lot of people would give him credit for.
2: Well, I think Ruest is the X factor. If he's healthy mm-hmm. and you know, able to go out there and compete at a high level at the level that we saw, especially the First half of the season, then I think they, I think they have as good a good chance as ever to beat Jefferson. If not, not a guaranteed chance, but a, a really good chance to beat Jefferson if you know Ruwest is healthy. But if not, then you know, like we've seen the last couple of weeks with him not being healthy, you know things are kind of up in the
3: air for the Eagles. And I think that's the big question mark coming in for Hedgesville. We're going to have to see what Coach Faircloth has to say coming up in just a little bit. But the health of this team is going to be really what's going to determine whether they make it in or just on the outside looking in and way things are going. It's, and I think that's, again, the big question mark. I think they have a really good shot against Jefferson. Probably I think they have a better shot than what a lot of people seem like what they're giving them. They're a talented roster. They're putting things together. They just have to find a way to right the ship. It's been injuries that have cost them here in the past few weeks. I'm interested to see what he's got to say about last week's loss to Friendship Collegiate Academy as well. And, yeah, I'll give the plug one more time to Luke's article on panonewsnetwork.com. Go check that thing out. It's fun. It's an interesting little deep dive into <laughs> where – <laughs> it is fun it's a fun article it's a fun read it is a good read you go in there you check break it down see where your team is see how what you got to go for what what route your team's looking at if you're martinsburg you're a muscleman fan you're elated if you're jefferson you're anticipating wanting to host a playoff game in the first round if things go your way it could happen and you just got to make sure you win out hedgesville and spring mills are on the edge of their seats going to see if they make their way into the postseason this year and yeah, pretty much. Go check out the article if you want deep dive. You can always text us 304-263-4321, 304-263-4321.
2: Let, let us know what you think about our panhandler Game of the Week coming up on Friday between Hedgesville and Jefferson, and we'll be speaking with Coach... Matt Faircloth, so if you got any uh, well questions for Coach, you can text him, 304-263-4321. We'll be back with more Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network.
0: It's Panhandle Sports Live with Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Tweet the guys at EP News Network.
2: Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bath. You can visit them at MountaineerKitchensandBath.com on Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. And, of course, our Panhandle Game of the Week is Hedgesville and Jefferson coming up on Friday, which you can hear right here on WPM and WCSD, the Panhandle News Network. But ahead of that Panhandle Game of the Week, joining us on the phone is Coach Faircloth. Coach, how you doing?
1: Great. How about you, still?
2: I'm doing all right, so how's everybody uh, looking? How's everybody feeling coming into this big game against Jefferson on Friday?
1: Uh, I think it was a good good for us to get you know back to about eighty five percent strength going into last week and getting those guys uh some reps again to bust some of the rust because a lot of them have been off for three weeks so for us you know being getting our guys back and and getting ready to rock and roll I feel good.
4: Uh, well, building off of that point, then, Coach, where are you guys health wise? Obviously, you'd been banged up at the quarterback position. Had been missing some key offensive linemen, uh, both Martin and Matthew on the outside, had missed uh, significant time as well. So, like you said, about eighty-five percent, you're getting close to full strength coming into the back half of the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, out of the, out of the eleven that we had out, uh, three of them were season, season-ending injuries. So you know, we got eight eight of those eleven back. And, you know, for us, it was good to see. DeMonte and Tanner back on the field and getting our offensive linemen back and Jackson getting healthy at Q. So for us, it was, you know, getting back out there on Friday night and letting those guys get get that chemistry uh, back up in game time.
4: Well, Coach, uh, before we turn our attention to this matchup, I, I did want to ask you uh, a little bit about the state of the program, especially under your tenure at Hedgesville, because when we talked coming into this season, we talked about you know kind of the brand that you guys have been building since you took over the job at Hedgesville. This is a team that uh, went winless two years in a row. Uh, And then last season, we're just a a win shy of the playoffs. And uh, coming into this year now, you've already matched last year's win total at four with two winnable games on the horizon. You know, you had talked about maybe a a lack of interest in the football program when you took the program over, but uh, certainly not anymore building up to where you are now. Of course, like I said, uh, probably a win away from making the postseason for the first time since you've taken over.
1: Yeah, I mean, for us, you know, you know, when we took this thing over, it was it was it was at it was at the bottom. Uh, you know, there was a lack of interest, especially when you lose eighteen games straight. Uh, so for us, getting it turned and getting the getting the brand we wanted built uh, of the blue collar work ethic. You know, for us, we may not always have the best athletes, we may not always have the biggest kids, but we're going to have kids that want to come out and work. And these kids, for three years, they 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 put in the work and they trusted the process and grinded every day and. and this is what we want to build. This is the brand we want to be, and we want to fight to the nail to, you know, get get a chance to get into the playoff. And that and that's where we're at right now. And hopefully, over the next two weeks, we can solidify that.
3: Coach, I wanted to highlight last week's game for you against Friendship Collegiate Academy. You end up losing that one, and was that more of you guys getting back into the flow with your team, getting back to 100 percent in your offense, getting everything back together? You went scoreless in that game for the first time this season. What uh, what kind of happened there? Could you explain that?
1: Uh, for us, uh, we well, we dropped two touchdowns. Um, we had two. We drove the ball. We, we had 300 yards of total offense and no points. So, for us, it was we were getting what we wanted, the matchups we wanted. Uh, we just couldn't finish the drives. And you, you could tell that these guys hadn't played together for about three weeks because a little bit of the timing was off, this, that, and the other. Uh, but then defensively, we come out in the second half, and you know we 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 allow, only allow seven points in the second half. So you could start to see it turn a little bit. Uh, but I'm not going to take anything away from Friendship Collegiate. They're a really good football team.
2: Well, Coach, of course we have our Panhandle game of the week coming up. <clears throat> excuse me, on Friday between the Edgesville Eagles and the Jefferson Cougars. Now looking at this matchup. <clears throat> Excuse me again. Looking at this matchup against the five and three Cougars, of course they got a couple of different weapons uh, that they can kind of pick and place. Harris has been uh, kind of selected as the go-to quarterback, but of course Quentin Goins and a couple others can be subbed in there from time to time. And Isaiah Fritz is another deep ball threat and just uh, kind of playmaker. So, what are you expecting out of the Cougars coming into this weekend's or this week's matchup?
1: I mean, I, I, you you look at them on film, you know. I mean, they got the four by one hundred. Uh, track team on there you know they got guys that can run uh they got guys that can really run route i mean that's the that's the, the difference between i think friendship collegiate and jefferson friendship had guys that were four or three guys that were just top top guys now these guys can have speed and they can run route they got good timing with the quarterback they get the ball out quick um i mean for us it's going to be we, we got to take away some of the things that they like to do and be able to contain that over the top stuff and make sure that when when they do get the ball out quick, you got to you got to rally and tackle because these guys can fly around the field.
4: And coach, you mentioned getting Martin and Matthews back on the outside. Uh, obviously, couldn't have come at a better time because I'm sure you would agree with me. Uh, this game Friday is is probably not going to be a game that sees less than you know 21 or 28 combined points. It's it's certainly trending towards being a little bit
3: of a shootout.
1: Yeah, I think you know if if we come in locked in and you know we we expect you know what Jefferson's going to do. I think it's going to be a knockdown, dragout, shootout kind of game. And for us, you know, we got to get back on track. And, you know, we know right now, we told the kids uh, after Friday night's game, every week from here on out, it's a playoff week for us. You know, this week could solidify it. The, you know, and this week could end it for us. So for us, it we each week for us, it, it could be, you know, lose and go home.
3: And, coach, bringing up this week's matchup as well, looking at the speed on Jefferson, you mentioned the speed on friendship. Is there a. Uh... Is there a type of coverage that you're looking into, two high safeties in this matchup with the speed that Jefferson has? Are you looking to maybe mix in some more man, single high? What are you feeling the coverage-wise against Jefferson right there this week?
1: I mean, for us, you know, we, we, gotta, we do got to try to eliminate them taking the top off. Uh, so, for us, you know, we're going to mix it. We're going to show a lot of zone. We're going to show some man in, in spots. But for us, you know, we're, it'll probably be some too high stuff just for the simple fact of they got some guys that can really go. Uh, you know, friendship. You know, we were in too high most of the night, and you know, we eliminated a couple of the deep balls. But at the end of the day, they had they had some guys just like Jefferson's got that when speed when they have speed, if they get behind you, it's a, it's a bad bad night for you.
2: Okay, we're speaking with Hedgesville head coach Matt Fairclough. Thank you for joining us this morning on Panhandle Sports Live. Had uh, a chat with us about this Panhandle game of the week coming up between yourselves uh, and the Jefferson Cougars on Friday. Thanks, coach.
1: All right, I appreciate it, fellas.
2: And that was head coach Matt Faircloth talking about uh, well their matchup last week against Friendship Academy out of uh, D.C. and then of course our Panhandle game of the week coming up on Friday against the Cougars where I think I think. As long as they're healthy, which it sounds like they're kind of getting back to that health, but as long as they're healthy, I think they have a, a better than not pretty good chance of uh, you know surprising this Jefferson team.
4: Yeah, man, you know I'm not going to lie to you. Obviously, football is a game that's won between the trenches and offensive line, and they've got a very good one in their front four as well. But the second that he said the Tanner Matthew and the Monte Martin are both healthy. Yeah, in my mind, I went game on. Yep. you know, these, go. The, yeah. Those those two guys are among the best wide receiver tandems in the panhandle, and they're going up against one of the other great tandems in, in uh, Isaiah Fritz and Keyshawn Robinson. You could put Spencer Powell in that mix as well, as the weapons that Jefferson has. But man, oh man, I'm expecting a lot of offense in this one, and I think it's important. You never obviously want to lose a game, especially to an out-of-state team, but it almost seems as though that friendship game almost becomes a, a dress rehearsal mm-hmm. for what they're going to see against Jefferson, exactly like he said had a couple of guys with that 4-3-4-4 four, four, four speed uh, and while they lost you know they're starting to get guys healthy. They now will know what they need to do in coverage against speedier wide receivers and I think they're going to be thankful that they played that game when they take the field against Jefferson and I think things are trending. Every time we talk to Coach Faircloth and they get a little bit more healthier, the more I think this is going to be a really tantalizing matchup on Friday.
3: And that was part of the reason why I asked about those coverage shells as well because usually when you have uh, some speedy wide receivers, some guys that can take the top off of your defense, you want to roll with two high safeties to give your defense a little bit of help in the back end. You see a lot of the cover two sets where you have two safeties split and you mainly focus on your middle of the field and the flats and your cover four sets as well when you have four guys deep and you're mainly looking to just make sure you not have anything over the top. I would expect a lot of that from Coach Faircloth on defense this week against a Jefferson team, mainly trying to take away a speedy lineup where you're going to feature a lot of stuff, low low passes thrown out throughout the middle of the field and then stuff going over the top, trying to take the top off the defense. So it's a it's going to be an exciting matchup, but I'm I'm really happy to hear that Coach Fairclough's team is getting close to 100% again and this should be a very exciting matchup again. This is big playoff implications in this one. Jefferson with a win here would probably line themselves up to host in the first round. Hedgesville locks up a playoff spot with this win. So, it's 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 primetime football right here, guys. Well, text us, 304-263-4321.
2: Does everybody out there still think that Hedgesville is going to get worked over by Jefferson? I mean, we got a couple different texts saying uh, Jefferson should handle Hedgesville. It's no doubt Jefferson's going to beat Hedgesville. A couple different texts here. So what do you think? Especially after hearing Coach Faircloth there a few minutes ago, uh, give us a text, 304-263-4321. We'll be back with Parker's Picks and to wrap things up here in just a few minutes on Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network.
0: Panhandle Sports Live, your home for sports in the Panhandle. Here's Jordan, Luke, and Parker.
2: Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bath. You can check them out at MountaineerKitchensandBath.com, on Facebook, or you can go to their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Icewinter, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Yeah, well, that's called beginner's luck. Luck, 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 uh... luck, 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 luck.
3: Yeah, I like to call this my lock of the day. Proven, it, it's never fails. Never failed once. All right, guys, we went two for three last night with NBA action. Luka Doncic did hit that over with the 47 and a half PRA. He had a fantastic. He almost hit it in the points itself. I think he finished with thirty-seven, and then he had like eleven assists and seven rebounds. I, I don't have the official line in front Everybody of me. Everybody lost
2: it, lost their minds on the internet about a travel that he
3: had, where he <laughs> fell on the ground and then had a. Assist off the bounce pass. You're saying they didn't
4: call a travel in the NBA? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah.
3: No, not not the NBA, not calling travels, but the official stat line for Luca Doncic, I got it pulled up right here. 37, 11, and seven for that one. So more than more than comfortably covered the PRA in the lock of the day. And then the over 22, 225 points, excuse me, for the Warriors-Suns game, that hit as well. That hit the first half. Yeah, they were. I I had a good, I was like, 225, that is generous for a Suns-Warriors game. So that one hit. Sadly, Bradley Beal got injured in the, late in the first quarter against the game against the Pistons. He came back into the game, but he only ended up scoring 13 in this one. Didn't have a great shooting game as well. Well, he went, he went four for nine and then one for four from three, but but the Wizards are 3 and 1. But the Wizards notably. are 3 and 1. They are 3 and 1, which is good for Washington. Washington basketball back, question mark. <laughs> but going into today's picks, I've got Jordan, I'm rolling with your Knicks today. Come okay. on. I got R.J. Barrett, 20, 20 and a half points. He's hitting the over today. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Nola Mello ball. They're playing the uh, what's name? Hornets. Yep. <laughs> They're playing the Hornets. Terry Rozier is not going to be in the lineup either. He's day to day with an ankle injury. If neither one of those guys are playing, Gordon Hayward's the main option for. The Hornets, and I, I like RJ Barrett's chances with Gordon Hayward being the main option on the Charlotte Hornets. 20 and a half points, give it to RJ, especially since he's in the garden in this one. James Harden as well for our bonus picture today. Over 40 and a half points, rebounds, and assists against the Toronto Raptors. Harden's been playing fantastic at the start of the season. I think he keeps it rolling. And Wendell Carter, he's going to hit over nine and a half rebounds, double digit rebounds for Wendell Carter against the Cleveland Cavaliers this evening. But again, lock of the day, if you missed it, R.J. Barrett, 20 and a half points. He will hit the over against the Charlotte Hornets in the Garden tonight.
2: Now, real quick, Parker, can you give us a quick uh, whip around some of the national headlines? And then I want to talk about IUP, PSEC basketball, and then West Virginia football here towards the end. But what are some of the big national headlines?
3: Yeah, so the big thing that came out yesterday, of course, you're, people are well aware about the whole Kanye West situation, his comments and everything like that. So Aaron Donald and Jalen Brown have both left Donda Sports after i these forgot p- that was even a thing i did too <laughs> I, I did too i honestly i did too so aaron donald and jalen brown have both left Kanye west sports agency after his comments kansas city chiefs pass rusher frank clark got suspended two games for an altercation in 2021 the nhl has a new iron man as phil kessel set the mark last night with his 989th consecutive He's, game played
4: scored his 400th goal in that game too and there you go two for <laughs> <cares? laughs>
3: no one cares so, Klay uh, Thompson and Devin Booker, uh, I didn't know they had beef, but apparently it got uh, put out last night. Klay Thompson gets his first career ejections. As mentioned before, the Suns rolled over the Warriors in that game. Miami Marlins have hired a new manager. They have hired uh, Skip Shoemaker from the St. Louis Cardinals, as well as some other baseball. The Detroit Tigers have hired a Tampa Bay race scouting director. Rob Metzler is their vice president and assistant general manager. And got to bring this up as well, those Tennessee all-black uniforms. Oof. Beautiful. Oh, Real speaking nice. of Tennessee, that this just popped in my head. Did you guys see that uh, rendering for the Tennessee Titans stadium? I did. I, yeah, it looked really nice. And somebody said really somebody nice. said it looked like a humongous Top Golf.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny, but probably gonna be spending about the same amount of money as you would go into a Top Golf. Probably. probably so. It's but it looks awesome. I'm excited for Tennessee to get that type of big type of build and. We'll pull probably pull some free agents to go play for the Titans which will be pretty fun crazy
2: now real quick uh Luke you brought it to our attention last night that there was a little PSAC basketball getting played preseason scrimmage basketball and while the IUP Crimson Hawks almost shocked the world and beat Syracuse until the second half and then uh, well Syracuse showed kind of you know their Syracuse style and pulled away at the end but IUP it does not necessarily as of right now, bode well for the rest of the PSAC if they're taking the Syracuse team as deep as they did.
4: And it was a full-strength Syracuse team as mm-hmm. well. You know, Jim Behind the whole works. Uh, I, I got a notification uh, or a highlight that was sent to a Twitter group of some friends of mine. It was a, an IUP player going in for the score. It was a 56-47 to advantage, and I thought that's kind of weird, little PSAC action on ESPN. I looked to see who they're playing, and it's Syracuse, <laughs> the Syracuse. Unfortunately, right after they took that 56-47 to lead, Syracuse then goes on a 16-0 run and ends up winning by 18. But halfway through the second half, IUP out of the PSAC was beating Syracuse, a full-strength, Bayheim led Syracuse team in a preseason scrimmage so like you said that does not bode well for the rest of the teams that have to play IUP this year
2: although I think the Shepard men's team now of course we know the women's teams that have complete and total rebuilding phase so it's hard to know what uh, really to expect from them but in terms of the men's basketball team they're bringing a lot of guys back from last year uh, that were uh, got hurt and went down and um, the team was still a relatively good team but if they had a couple of these additions like uh, DMC specifically Dan McClain Corley I mean he was averaging almost like 20 points a game the first six games of the season then he goes down and then there he had to try to find the scoring production with John Preston and Phillip Jordan kind of picked up the slack there and of course uh day and things of the like but I think this uh, and then of course you had Cameron Dorner to the pack as well freshman that also plays that on the football big man team of
4: Ohio I think is going to be really good
2: So I think this uh this Shepherd men's team has a pretty good chance to shock some people in the peace act this year
4: yeah certainly like you said getting all back to 100% for a team that finished 500 last year Morgantown native Carson Poffenberger coming off the Bench is, uh, is a matchup nightmare. Is he's, he's that lengthy, he can shoot. Like I said, that big man they get out of Ohio, mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see. Aiden
2: Tioli looks like he's come back fit and ready yeah, again. And, yeah,
4: and, and Dorner, like you said, is an unbelievable athlete. He just has pesky 3 and D wing written all Mm -hmm. over him based on what we've seen from him uh, on the football field. So uh, big things, maybe not against IEP. We'll have to wait and see, Uh, but uh, certainly bigger things for Shepard coming this year in basketball.
3: And I feel like them not losing too many guys is what's really going to help this team too. As alluded before, this team got rattled with injuries and COVID during their seasons, that kind of derailed things, but still ended up making into the play in for the PSAC ended up getting bounced in the first round by Westchester on the road. But Again, a lot of guys coming back. Gerard Robbins is another guy that's coming back into that lineup. Poffenberger and Huey, both those guys learned a lot under Kyle Daggett last year, I think, and they're ready to step and take increased roles. I fully expect Huey and Poffenberger to be in that starting five whenever that first game's going to be played. Jordan Gibson, it looks like he's improved a little bit as well. you got multiple guys who look like they want to really make a name for themselves this year. John is going to be the leader on that team as a senior. Phillip Jordan's going to be coming back into this lineup with an increased role. It's exciting. I'm really excited for the men's team this year for Shepard. It's going to be fun.
2: And they brought some size in, too. I'm um, looking at this Stefan Marcel out of Georgetown Prep. Freshman, 6'7". There's a 6'11 guy on here. I mean, they brought in some height, which they needed. That's the one yes. thing they were really lacking last year, especially once Daget started to be as productive as he was and everybody was starting to double and triple team him. They really didn't have any size. And Aiden Huley was the the substitute big man, if you will. Uh, and at 6'6", 240, he's definitely a big dude. But the PSAC conference has some Tall, tall basketball players and it looks like Shepard has uh, reloaded to fit that scheme. I'm excited for basketball season this year, but while we still have the time, I want to talk a little WVU basketball and football, Luke, because basketball, they're trying to get a big-time scorer on that team, which you've said this might be one of the worst Mountaineer teams. Of course, we don't know what will happen once the season starts, but on paper right now, they don't look like they're going to be very good.
4: Yeah, certainly. Two big WVU athletic notes yesterday, and speaking of that basketball team and our website, PanhandleNewsNetwork.com, there's a WVU basketball article that went up a couple of days ago, Uh, where we talked about what needed to go right for them to have a successful season. They needed somebody to be their leading scorer. I said it could be Trey Mitchell, but the news broke yesterday. Manhattan basketball is firing their head coach. So now it's open season on all these Manhattan players that could potentially transfer before the year. And their top scorer, Jose Perez, who averaged 19 points per game last year for Manhattan. He also played at Gardner-Webb, where he averaged 15 points a game back-to-back years. And then he went to Marquette and didn't play a ton. But West Virginia has reached out to him. Again, averaged 19 points per game last year and nowhere near efficient shooting. He shot 26% from three and 39% from the field. That would need to change. But they reached out to Manhattan's top scorer, again, Jose Perez, with the possibility of him transferring. And they picked up a football commit, Sean Boyle, out of Charlotte, North Carolina, played at uh, Charlotte Catholic He's a three-star quarterback. He's a pocket passer. He's got a strong arm. He reminds me a lot of Goose Crowder when he committed to WVU. Uh, Again, a three-star pushing, a four-star shows signs, again, that Neil Brown's a pretty good recruiter, and he wants a quarterback in every single class. And if JT Daniels comes back next year, guys, I think it's a safe bet to assume that at least one, if not two, of the quarterbacks behind him in that room would leave. So it's important to get a talented guy in the program, and they found it with three-star Sean Boyle.
2: And Parker, what is this I'm seeing here scrolling through uh Twitter with a few minutes left? Uh Daniel Jones
3: NFC offensive player of the week. There you go. DJ's proven he is uh the franchise, I guess. I've mm. I you know, I've I think I've turned the corner. I think now that Daniel Jones has gotten a competent head coach, a guy who's confident in him and believes in him, I think the Giants don't need to draft a quarterback. I I think Daniel Jones is good. He has characteristics as long as he can just tame his turnovers and fumbles. He's he proves to something on the field. He's a dual threat quarterback and he can do it with his legs too. He had a the crazy stat. I don't know if you guys saw this. Daniel Jones has more rushing yards this season than Najee Harris. Yep. Mm-hmm. That is an insane stat and <laughs> it's it's exciting. And in the Giants room again, they have guys on the field right now who probably would be on most teams practice squads at wide receiver and they're still winning these games. It speaks to the level <laughs> of coaching that brian dable has and it feels nice to know the giants finally got it right as a head coach after multiple guys coming in and out and it's exciting i'm we finally got the right guy i think and it's going to be fun for the next few years to come
2: well if you missed any of this panhandle sports live you can listen back to it a little bit later on over on our panhandle news network facebook and spotify page also over on twitter at ep news network for parker and luke i'm jordan panhandle live is next and we will talk to you tomorrow